0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. The Big Guy. And I know it's been a minute since I've uh, posted a podcast interview. And I think I think the last time was Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving time. And since then, it's just been hectic, man. Like, my life has just been hectic between personal things, other work things, and then the holidays, obviously. And, and I went up to Michigan to pre- help present the Joe Moore Award, which was an awesome Experience really cool experience to you know be a part of that for the first time ever, and I know Michigan kind of got rolled in, the, in the, the one of those f- semifinals games, but seriously, I mean who 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 did Georgia not roll this year? So I mean I kind of you know kind of give them some leeway with that, but overall amazing experience and fun time. So that was that was a lot of time and effort and busyness, and I, I will say I actually do have some interviews in my back pocket saved up because I've been trying to figure out the best way to do this because part of me like I would love to do an interview with a guy every single episode but finding an interview with a guy every single episode once a week is really tough to do obviously for anybody let alone myself Um, so I'm thinking maybe like every other week um, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about that but that's what I've been up to I, I mean again just was super busy over the past few months I don't know about anybody else but like January just flew by. I, I feel like I've like literally forgot. It's what is it, February 7th? I think it's February 7th today, and I didn't even realize it was February 7th. I thought it was like January still. <laughs> I'm just literally so far behind, but it's the Super Bowl week, super fired up. Senior Bowl just happened as well, and that leads me into my explanation for what these next few weeks or months are going to entail for the Big Uglies podcast. Last year, I interviewed around I want to say four or five guys coming out of college, going into the NFL draft, and I thought of this idea super late because I remember I was thinking about it in like March or April, and uh, I ended up getting some really great guests like Spencer Brown, right tackle for the Bills, had a great season. Quinn Miners for the Broncos, Brady Christensen. There's some other guys in the mix, and I thought it would be a really cool concept to do a little path to the draft with the the lineman going into the NFL because. No one interviews them, you know. It's just like, besides me, I've literally built my brand on putting the big guys in the spotlight, and no one else does. So I feel like I'm gonna start doing this path of the draft little tradition, so you guys, the fans, wherever these guys land, can come get to know the lineman a little bit better. And I know I understand like some some people do like interviews like the Evan Neal's of the world. Obviously, if you're a big enough name, you'll get some interviews. But nonetheless, I feel like a lot of these other for late, late first round to mid round picks, like no one even talks to them, and, and they're really cool guys with interesting backgrounds and stories. So I'd love to start showcasing that. So this year I'm ahead of the game. It's February and I already got guys lined up, some pretty, pretty awesome names, and I'm excited to share those interviews with you. Because I was thinking, what do I want this podcast to be? And I generally like, I don't want it to be me just talking to you about football because that's, I feel like that's not why you come to the Big Uglies podcast. You know what I'm saying? You come to the Big Uglies podcast to learn about the guys in the trenches and what they're like off the field. And obviously, in the interviews, we do talk about football. We don't really cover as much X and O's. I kind of want to leave that to the guys who actually talk about and study the X's and O's for a living because they have way more knowledge and insight than I would. Um, but nonetheless, like we can't ignore it. So obviously, we're going to talk about football in the interviews. But I also want the interviews to you know serve as just two guys sitting down talking – and you guys can listen and get to learn more about these guys' backgrounds outside of the trenches because I feel like offensive linemen, and I do have a defense lineman interview because we're not just offensive linemen. I know people always say the big uglies, we are big guys, strictly offense line. No. All right. We like the D line guys too. But in my opinion, the, the big guys in the trenches are some of the funniest, nicest people in the world. So my ultimate goal is to have the big uglies podcast. We are big guys. Serve as a platform for you guys as fans to come and listen and and get to kind of meet these guys and hopefully, you know, cover some really cool stories, in game stories or moments, guys they played against or or famous like venues or games they played in, but also covering what they like to do off the field, like grilling or hunting, or like Zion Johnson today's interview, he likes building computers, which is freaking awesome. I mean, where else? Can you get the info that Zion Johnson, one of the best guards in this draft, is building computers on his off days? Like that's sick to me. So I hope you guys are fired up about that kind of stuff too, because that's what I want this to ultimately be at the end of the day. So I'm still still figuring out the scheduling. I don't know if it's going to be bi-weekly or every week or what that's going to turn out to be. Um, but that's going to be my vision moving forward. And hopefully have a little more casual conversations. I feel like I'm fine trying to find the fine line between formal enough interview, but also casual enough interview. And obviously I think that'll that'll grow with time and more comfortable guys get when they come onto my show. Because as of right now, I, I can tell I do ask some questions and some guys give me like the formal trained interview response where I'm like looking for, you know, laid back, tell us what really went down kind of answer. So Hopefully that will happen over time, but i got got to keep reminding myself that we're just getting started here with the Big Uglies podcast. So Enough of me talking, though. I just wanted to give some background about where I've been, what I've been up to, what my plan is moving forward with the podcast itself. But let's get into today's interview, which is going to kick off the We Are Big Guys, Big Uglies podcast, Path to the Draft segment for this year. And we're kicking it off with Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College. He started out at Davidson and then transferred to Boston College. Really awesome story, great interview, I had a blast talking with him, and I think you guys will enjoy listening to him as well, and getting to know him. So without further ado, let's get an interview with Boston College's Zion Johnson. And before we get into the interview, I want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get twenty dollars off their first purchase when using the code We Are Big Guys at your checkout. That's it. Whether it's live sports, live music, whatever, any event, any live event you need to buy tickets for, use SeatGeek and then use my code We Are Big Guys at checkout, and you'll receive twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now let's get into this interview with Boston College's Zion Johnson. You're a DMV guy, and yep nope. one of my one of my best friends from college is at DMV. He was on the Eastern Shore, Maryland, though. Um, Easton, Maryland. So, okay, all I hear about is like old bay and like crabs, and uh, he's the biggest DMV guy ever. He, he, like, I'll tell him I interviewed a DMV guy, and he'll be like, That's amazing, he'll get like fired up. <laughs> yeah. So, I know all
1: about guy. the DMV. We had a guy like that on our team who would just carry old bay around in his backpack,
0: yeah. So. so, he was that guy. He literally had <laughs> one of like there was like a custom made, like mini jar of it, like this little sprinkler thing. And he yeah. would he put that on anything. And I was like, you're out of control. Popcorn, fries, mac and cheese, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> so I know all about that. So I'm excited for this interview in particular because Zion Johnson is joining us from Boston College. And Zion has, along his journey, crossed paths with a lot of people that I know in my life at Davidson College and then at Boston College. So as fate would have it, we finally have crossed paths. And I'm excited to have you on our show. So just to kick things off, how about you just... Introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're from, and and what are you up to now?
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Zion Johnson. I played offensive line at Boston College. Played a little bit of guard, a little bit of tackle. Uh, Just a wee bit of center. You know, had to get that sprinkled in there. Uh, I'm from Bowie, Maryland, so DMV area, just like you said. Uh, Lived there pretty much my whole life. Uh, Went to Riverdale Baptist School in Upper Marlboro. You know, a lot of people from the area know that school. I'm in Pensacola, Florida, training at Exos getting ready for the Senior Bowl and the Combine uh, a little later after that. But, you know, I'm fired up. Senior Bowl is next week, and I'm ready to you know go out there and have some fun.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know you're preparing not only for the draft, but the Senior Bowl as well, which is right around the corner. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're excited to get involved with that and do all the interviews with the coaches and whatnot. Really exciting time, and I'm excited to watch it. But just to give some people some background here, just to like, I don't know how much you want to conclude um, what we were talking about before we started recording. But Zion, when he went to Davidson, played with one of my friends from high school, Joran Khan. And then when he transferred to Boston College, he blocked for Phil Dracovic, who I grew up with. I not even just grew up with, I carpooled with him. He lives right down the street from me. So I know Phil very well as, as well. So when I came across your story, I was like, it's one of those connections where I was like, I need to get this guy on my podcast because it's one of those, like, I feel like this is fate. We're we're meant to meet at some point. So I'm really excited to have you on. I want to talk about your story because I feel like it's a unique one, not only because of all that stuff I just mentioned, but also because of your love for golf and you didn't really even start playing football from what I understand at least till later on your high school career. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd love to talk about that. Like, how did you get into golf? Do you still golf at all? And can you walk me through when you really started to play football?
1: Man, so yeah, that's a, it's a long story. So I really started <laughs> playing golf because my grandmother worked at an elementary school in Virginia Beach. And um, they would have golf camps every now and then. And you know, because she worked there, she would try to get me to go there and I'd go to the golf camps. And I really enjoyed it as a kid. Um, when, this was like when I was in like elementary school. So when they started a golf team at my middle school, when I was in like seventh grade, I joined the golf team in seventh grade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, wasn't very good at first because uh, I was a seventh grader playing with high school kids. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I was probably like the last kid on on that team because you know how they do it like it's by number. So like if right. you're by on the team, you're number one, and then there's number two and number three, and you go in that order usually. Mm-hmm. um but like at that point i think i was like number five or something
0: <laughs> you didn't make the. you weren't even fourth
1: you were the bad yeah I was, I was like five yeah i was like five or something <laughs> like that and uh i kept playing and then as i got like freshman year of high school i was the number two on our team behind a a guy who ended up going to the university of maryland to play golf oh, wow he was a really good golfer yeah. uh you know a really good golfer and he was one of the People that influenced me to play football, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that later. Okay. But um, you know, later on in high school, I still played golf. Like my junior year, I think was the last year I really played on the team
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I started playing football that my senior year. So uh, that's that crazy. Year, I, yeah, that junior year, I was the number one on the team. Uh, I was I was pretty good. I can't I can't remember like exactly what I, I shot. I don't want to sit up here and lie to you, but <laughs> I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Okay. Um and I don't golf as much as you know I used to just because mm. I'm training most of the time. I went out uh on the course over the summer and uh you know there's it's it's like a thing, like part of me doesn't want to golf as much because I know that I'm probably not as good as I used to be. Right. It's one but of those sports. On the, yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. But I, I went out on the course and I was you know, a little, a little stiff upper upper body, but I, I did okay. <laughs> you know, I shot like uh like 90,
0: 89. No, that's not too bad. No, it's, it's still not good. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw you at the ACC, whatever, I don't know what the proper term is, media day, I guess. I saw you putt- doing some putts there. You're you're breaking out <laughs> your putting stroke at the ACC media day before the season, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that was just a coincidence. It was just out there
0: before yeah. we had our interviews. It's amazing to me that you didn't, you didn't so you didn't play football at all until senior year high school no going into my senior
1: year I joined the team uh, I did like the off-season workouts with them I, of course I was like not in shape because I only really played golf yeah So I had a lot more to overcome in that facet than a lot of other people mm-hmm. I'd do a lot of running you know they had us running long distances on that team so we'd be running lines and we'd run like a mile before practice and stuff like that so it <laughs> took a while for me to get adjusted to that yeah. And but once I did, I started playing right tackle. And uh I actually played that whole season with my uh left tackle being Christian Darrisaw a no way the Vikings. Yeah.
0: Wow, what a small so, world.
1: Yeah, and I, I also played with you know Tariq Castro Fields corner for the for Penn State. You know, we had some good players on that team. Wow, that's cool. But uh
0: we actually didn't perform that well i don't think how do you how do you not perform well if you have two nfl linemen in a in a corner going to penn state
1: i have no clue i i think part of it was like you know maybe discipline was a part of that i think we had a lot of like mental errors and guys like going the wrong way and stuff like that which yeah. is like you know pretty pretty typical at that like some high schools it, we weren't like a top tier high school playing like the Matha or anything like that yeah we played some pretty good teams but uh we weren't like any of the top flight teams in Maryland but mm-hmm. there definitely were a lot of guys that were very talented on that team and you know went to college and you know Christian Darius I got drafted in the first round and Tariq did pretty well for himself as well you know Zach McPherson was on our team John Hightower was on our team you know two guys that were drafted in the third round so there, there was definitely talent on that
0: team. <laughs> You're out of control, yeah. You're saying your team wasn't very good. You just named like five NFL players. I'm telling you, we went like <laughs> we went like five and six or six and six or something like that. that is, something wasn't right there. It, it wasn't, <laughs> not, something's not adding up, okay. Uh, yeah. so you ended up, you also, we landed at Davidson. Did you, did you, so were you recruited out of just one year playing high school ball and that's how you ended up there or is it academically led you there and then you played football? Like how did that all work out?
1: Absolutely. So academics was definitely the biggest part. Davidson is like a very academically rigorous school. You, you probably know from, you know, Jordan telling you, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's definitely a ac- academically rigorous school. They require a lot out of their athletes. In terms of, uh, you know, schooling, like there were guys on our team that were you know, bio majors and math majors and yeah, you know, pre-med and stuff like that. You know, you, you don't usually see that in a lot of bigger football programs. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I was doing pretty well for myself in high school in terms of grades. So, you know, they saw my GPA, saw that, you know, <laughs> that I was a player that, you know, could probably use some development. And uh, it was a good fit for me. Uh, at that time, because it was really, I was really only choosing between them and West Virginia Wesleyan.
0: Okay. So, and then you all, obviously you transferred to Boston College, and I'm wondering how did how did that work? And I, I may know a little bit because I've I've researched a little bit how it all shook out. But just for my listeners' sake, were were you just like dominating at Davidson, and you like wanted a, a greater challenge? Did it have to do with financial reasons because you weren't technically on scholarship at Davidson? Um, like, how well, how is, how did you go from Davidson? Do they recruit you to BC? Like, how does that all shake out and work?
1: The, the main thing was, you know, Davidson isn't really a, you know, athletic scholarship team. They don't give you athletic scholarships. You get your scholarship through your, your academic performance. Mm-hmm. And it's like a percentage of the whole tuition. So you're still paying, you know, a good amount, you know, for each athlete. So I I think for me, the financial strain on my family was the biggest thing. You know, I thought that I'd had a pretty good season that year, you know, I, I think I was all conference and maybe like honorable mention all America or something like that. And I thought that like, okay, well, maybe I can go to maybe another FCS school that will give me a scholarship and that will eliminate some strain from my family. So I decided to enter the portal, but you know, it's, world how, it's weird how the world works, but uh, Phil Troutwine was the tight ends coach at Boston College the year that I got there and he recruited me there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: of course he already liked me as a person, liked me as a player. And you know he had been keeping up with me, watching some of the film that I had for my sophomore year, even though the old staff was gone. And he decided like, hey, you know, I'm gonna give you a chance. Uh, he showed my film to coach Steve Adazio, who was the head coach at the time. And he said, Hey, let's offer this kid. Let's give him a chance. Let's get him at Boston college. And I was actually surprised when I entered, entered the portal and I was like, "Boston college wants me to go there from Davidson. I was like, let's go. <laughs> so, um, honestly, this is the craziest part oh, about geez. that whole process. Okay. I'd never visited or seen the campus before I, I went. So you accepted it and you didn't even know anything yeah. about it. I was like, bossy college. Okay. Like I'm going yeah. there. Like, I knew, I knew the reputation of the school, but I had never like set foot on campus. I did never talk to anybody like one-on-one only like only over the phone at that point. Or so I, I just, I took a leap of faith at that point point. I just showed up in, in the winter
0: and I was like, all right, let's try to get on the field. Yeah. So I have a plethora of questions in my head right now. So I'm going to try to go through each one. First and foremost. You, you, you started football senior year of high schools and you come from the, the golf team. So I imagine you're just like golf shapes a lot different than football shape. Oh yeah. And I'd imagine you had to put on a lot of weight. So oh, from yeah. the time you're senior high school to all the way to your time to when you're going to play at Boston college, like how much weight did you put on? And like, was that a struggle for you at all? Because I know some guys it's, it's almost harder to put on weight than lose weight for some people. So I'm interested in like how much your body changed to this whole entire, you know, span of however many years this was. It
1: definitely changed a lot. So you won't believe me when I tell you this, but my senior year of high school, I played right tackle at like 225 pounds, somewhere around there. Okay. I, I think I had a six pack back then. I was I was doing good for myself. I was doing yeah. good for myself. All, all the running and stuff we were doing, I was looking good. Yeah. Um, definitely not lineman size though. Uh-huh. So. Uh, you know, going into that offseason after I was done and after I knew I was going to Davidson, I gained about 15 or so pounds. Like I was like around 245, yeah. showed up at Davidson, gained a little bit more, played at around 255 my freshman year, you know, had some growing pains because of the weight. You know, I think I played Jacksonville University, who used to be a Pioneer League team, okay. now no longer a team. But they had like a fifth year D lineman who was like 315 pounds. And I I was struggling. I was struggling. <laughs> I was trying to anchor it and he like just one arm me, and, yeah. me on the side and I tried to whirly bird and block it with my back and stuff. I was just I was just trying to hang in there. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think that it, it, those experiences for me helped me grow as a player because you know, it's easy when you're always dominating competition, but you know, when you hit a little bit of adversity, you're maybe not as strong, not as quick as another player, then <laughs> really it really shows like. You know, what, what is your, like, your mental character? Are you tough? Will you strain? Will you grit it out and try to finish? But, um, you know, continuing with the weight, after that season, I went from 255 to 285. That's oh, wow. Just left in the game 30 pounds. That's a ton. Yeah. And then I think, you know, I played that season at around 285, and then the next offseason I jumped up to 295.
0: Oh, wow. So you didn't didn't stop. You kept going. Played at 295
1: that junior year. And then the next offseason, I jumped up to 305. And then now I'm 315 to 320.
0: Wow. No way. That's a crazy. You almost, you basically gained like 100 pounds,
1: basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think what a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of listeners appreciate this because most of my listeners, I'm sure, are either coaches or former linemen or big guys. That, that's harder to do than people think to gain that much weight and, and maintain your, like, athleticism and y- your speed Man. and everything. Like, that's impressive as hell. Oh, this- yeah, it's
1: definitely hard. Like, I'll see guys that are on weight loss and, like, you know, they get in the sauna, you know, they mm-hmm. might jump on the treadmill, you know, cut down the food. I'm sitting in the training table just – <laughs> eating an absurd amount of food, like just looking down at my plate, like I don't want to do this anymore. But, yeah. Hey, like you need you need those calories. You, you do know, in the weight room, you know, putting on muscle, and it was a, it was definitely a struggle for me. And I know lots of guys that've struggled with weight gain. So yeah, I, I think
0: that's a, a what's the right word to use? It's like a notion that people think about offensive linemen. Like you're so lucky you can eat whatever you want, but. I've been in situations where I remember out, like even my college days during camp, like our coaches would walk around the, like the cafeteria when we were eating and like tell guys like, you need to, you need to get another plate kind of thing. And like, it wasn't like a joke. Like it was like, you need to keep eating. You need to put on weight. It's not like, a, it's, it's not fun to eat when you like feel like you're going to throw up. So it's not like a fun thing. Like we're just like, eating McDonald's, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. it's, it's such a falsehood that like, we just eat unbelievably healthy fat people. I will like, say
1: not even offensive linemen there are some guys that are freaks and just eat whatever and they still are just like very athletic and aren't slow and you Mm -hmm. know it doesn't even phase them those guys are like like the far and few between like I think I don't know if you saw that one podcast with uh Chad Ochocinco and uh (laughs) yeah and uh the, the other, the other receiver, I can't remember his name right now. But Chad Johnson was saying like he only ate McDonald's. Brandon, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. Chad Johnson was saying he only ate McDonald's
0: and bad food all all through his NFL career, and it's, like, right. it's insane. But like his problem is, my problem with it is that he like preaches it like anybody can do it, and it's like <laughs> you're you're one of a million that can get away with that. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's the difference. Um, um, but another question I have for you is your transition from Davidson to Boston college. Like, was that a big jump for you in terms of like playing in the competition and the, or the playbook, like any of that, or was it just like a, a nice transition for you? Cause it seems like you came right in and played right away, I believe.
1: So I'll, I'll briefly touch on that. Uh, you know, so I, I didn't come in and play immediately. Okay. I came in, in the spring I was, uh, you know, on the two deep, I was like the backup right tackle. Um, I didn't have my waiver. No one knew if I was going to be able to play. So the plan was kind of like, hey, we'll develop you, develop your pass, bro, because we know that you came from a triple option offense that never threw the ball and you haven't Mm. passed that year. So, you know, we'll develop that part of your game. And maybe next year if we don't get the waiver. I was lucky enough to get my waiver going into that camp. They moved me to left guard. And uh, I rotated the first six games and then started the next six. Mm. Uh, but it definitely, like, the playbook was a lot different than at Davidson. You know, that, than that triple option offense I was in, literally everything was a variation of the same play. So for the offensive line, everything was very simple. Uh, the year before, you know, we had more of a pro style offense. So I had, experience you know understanding the concepts in a pro style offense like Mm -hmm. zone plays you know gap plays you know five man six man drop back right action so once I got to date once I got to uh, Boston College that third year it was really starting to remember some of the concepts that I had learned my freshman year and you know I worked really heavily with Coach Stroutwine you know and he really helped me to understand that because we were a big power counter downhill run team. So a huge thing for guards was like, you have to know who you're pulling for. And we would run power to so many different looks. So it w- it might be a situation where you're pulling and, you know, the picture kind of changes on the run and you got to kind of decipher, okay, yeah. I'm, not, I'm pulling for the middle of three here, but uh, the, the play side linebacker still sitting in that gap. So I got to block him. It's like, kind of like an edge case type of thing, Mm -hmm. but that, that was definitely different for me. Um, but I, I I definitely say the coaches that I had really helped me to understand, um, that offense and that helped me get on the field faster.
0: And at what point during your career at Boston college, did you realize or think about the NFL or like, Cause I, I, it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around all this. So you went from like never playing football ever to playing your senior high school. And then within like four or five years, it's like, I'm sure you're getting NFL looks at some, some level. Like, was, was NFL ever a goal for you? And like, at what point were you like, this actually might be a reality. You probably won't
1: believe me, but my sophomore year at Davidson, uh, when I was there, I remember like, you know, I was playing pretty well and I, I had always like, had a dream to go to the NFL like that. I think most players dream of playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's competition. But I think like, as I was playing well, I was kind of like, Hey, like I might have a shot. I know a lot of guys don't come out of the FCS, but you know, even this year there's a lot of offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. More and, more and more. Yeah. There, there's more and more, but we had a scout that came by. I don't know if he came specifically to watch me or watch someone else, but he, we had a scout that came by Davidson college. And I went and talked to my coach and I was like, Hey, like, do you think I have an opportunity to go to the NFL? And he was like, I'm going to talk to, um, you know, he talked to the scout. and He was like, yeah, you know, if you dominate the competition at this level, if you play extremely well, you know, you'll definitely have an opportunity opportunity to play in in the NFL. So I think around that sophomore year was when I was like, hey, like if I dominate at this level, I can absolutely play on the next level. But then when I went to Boston College, that's when it really solidified it for me, because I think a lot of guys at the FCS level have like this idea, this picture of FBS football that like, oh, my goodness, like these players are so different. Yeah. No, of course, they're they're bigger you know, sometimes faster because, you know, teams at those bigger schools get better recruits in terms of like athletic ability. Mm -hmm. But when I went from Davidson and started practicing at Boston Boston College, I think one of the main things that I caught on to really early on, early on is that it's football. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I might be going against a guy that's slightly bigger, but it wasn't too much different. Like, of course, the guys were better, as I said. But honestly, like, offensive line play—you'll probably attest to this—that this, it's more technique than anything.
0: Mm.
1: And as long as you have good technique, you're finishing, you're driving through guys, and you're and you know, you're doing what you have to do. It's it's the same it's the same on every level, and that really gave me a huge boost of confidence uh, when it comes to playing on the next level. I was like, hey, man, I can do this.
0: I'm quickly interrupting this interview to tell you that this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get $20 off their first purchase when using my code, We Are Big Guys, at your checkout. That's it. Any live event, sports, music, whatever, just use my code, We Are Big Guys, when you're checking out, and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. Now, let's get back into my interview with Boston College's Zion Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And it seems like you had a, a great experience at Boston College. Overall, mm-hmm like you said you never even went to the campus or anything before you, you accepted and went so i'm just wondering how did you enjoy your time in chestnut hill because i've i've my brother lived in boston for a little bit i've went to school up in that area i'm familiar with boston it's a little different weather than maryland so how how was that how was your first winter in boston
1: man i thought that it wouldn't be too different cuz you know we got <laughs> snow when i lived in maryland i was like yes yeah, snow you know yeah cold. yeah you know we we have that that first winter I was there, I think one day we got like two feet of snow or something like that. It was ridiculous. Like I couldn't even see the stairs, like the stairs were covered (laughs) in snow. Yeah. And we still had to go like work out that morning. So I'm like trudging through the snow from upper (laughs) campus, which is like on a giant hill, like upper campus is here. And Mm -hmm. then like all the classes are here and the football field and everything's like down here. Okay, so I'm trudging down snow, downstairs, all the way from that, you know, up on that hill going to classes. And I'm like, man, this is different weather. But yeah, honestly, you know, from a big guy's perspective, it doesn't get too hot. So we're not like dying at practice, but it does get pretty humid. I won't, I won't lie. Like sometimes Mm. during the summer, that humidity will sneak up on you, but definitely. I think a lot of big guys, we like, we like pretty cool weather. So, you know, for, from that the aspect of things, you know, it's pretty good, but, you know, there's a lot around good food. You know, there's a place that I always used to go to that's a uh, nearby campus. It's a, it's like a Mexican restaurant called Los Amigos and they have like the best burri- like burritos, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm, I'm lying but, <laughs> uh, they have like a surf and surf burrito that's like shrimp and, and, and steak. Okay. man.
0: Well, I was going to say Boston, one of the better food towns I've ever been to is Boston for sure. There's a lot of great food up there, especially seafood. And I don't know if you're big in seafood or not, but they have a awesome seafood there as well. Oh, I, I'm, I like
1: some seafood. Like I'm more of a salmon guy. Like I like salmon, other types of fish. I'm not really big into like I'll eat. I won't really eat tilapia or like, uh, like whitetail or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, I'll eat salmon or, you know, I like shrimp. Um, I'm not really big into crabs.
0: Uh, You're from people, Maryland. You're from Maryland.
1: People, yeah. Yeah. People say I'm crazy. I'm from Maryland, but like, <laughs> I like crab meat, but if I get like a, like a crab and I got to bust the thing over, I'll like, see.
0: I a I 100 percent agree. I'll say this. I went, I was, I, like I said, one of my best friends from Easton, Maryland, I went down right on the shore, right in the Bay. And like, we had to do the whole, the whole, we took the crabs literally right out of the water f- farm to table, like f- literally right out of the bay to table and like the process of, to crack the entire thing. And for how much you get out of that, it was like, this is not worth it. I was like, I appreciate the hospitality and the experience, mm-hmm. but like, this is like, you better eat before you go to one of those because you're going to have to eat before or after because there's yeah. not enough Crab me to like, you need to have a hundred of those little things. The work to food ratio is <laughs> right. I'm burning more calories than I am consuming, which isn't good for <laughs> big guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then, so post Boston college career, you're now, I'm sure you're, you're working out training, like you said, for the senior bowl, for NFL draft. Are there any th- certain things that you're working on right now? Are you like trying to craft your game and get better? Are you watching tape on guys you're going to go against the senior bowl? Are you working strictly on combine numbers? Like, what, what's your main focus right now? Is it a mix of all of that?
1: Yeah, definitely a mix. Definitely a mix of all that. I mean, we're of course starting combine prep. It would, it would be kind of difficult for us to like, you know, not work any of the drills, and then after the senior bowl, just start. You know, that's kind of that kind of feels late at that point. But yeah, yeah, we're we've been working all the combine drills. You know, five ten five three-cone drill, 40, you know, vert, all, all of those different events, 225 tests. So we've been doing a lot of, like, high rep stuff on bench, you know, getting used to, the, you know, creating that muscle endurance. Um, of course, we have offensive line work. You know, I've had the, you know, the pleasure, and it's been awesome to work with uh, Coach Josh Sitton. You know, he played on the Packers. And yeah, for sure. Not too long ago. He was a great player, a pro bowler. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been able to learn a lot from him, you know, learn little tricks he's used. Um, But honestly, when it comes to just like, you know, my craft, you know, offensive line play in general, it's really just working on everything, making sure that, you know, I'm getting sets in, um, that I'm, you know, fine tuning my hand placement, you know, whether I'm using independent hands or, you know, two hand punch. Uh, working on each individual set line, I, I might use whether it's jump set or a forty five angle set or mm-hmm. deep set. Um, we've been working some of the combine O line drills, uh, just so you know we we get that you know cemented in our heads. So when they say hey we're gonna do this drill and they show it one time, you're not like what you know what right I mean? right
0: yeah.
1: And then um, I mean, other than that, it's it's really just like indie you know, we've just been doing individual drills and working on just getting better.
0: Right. And I, I mean, I understand that whole aspect of, of working on the drills and having to prepare yourself mentally in all those aspects, but is the combine something that you look at, like you just know you're going to perform well. Like I, I've always wondered, like for certain guys, it, like it's a really big deal and there's a lot of pressure. Like if you don't hit certain numbers, it's like you, your drafts off go like plummet, but like, For you, like, are you worried or like nervous at all? Or is it just something you're like, I'm going to go keep doing what I've been doing all these years. And like, it's going to, I'm just going to crush it. I mean, definitely.
1: I mean, from my perspective, it's like, of course, I'm a competitor. I want to get, I want to have the fastest 40 I can, Mm -hmm. you know, fastest three cone I can, you know, the best number for each event I can have. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, we've been repping it so many times. You know, at Exos, that I have a good idea of what mm-hmm. I'm going to run, what I'm going to do. You know, you get to a you get to a point where you run a drill so many times, and like every single time, it's like the same number or in the right. same.
0: room. and that, I think that's what I like. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, like you're going to go into like you're knowing already what you you know going to expect. Yeah,
1: for the most part, of course, there's like outliers where you might do one drill and you might have like a really good time that day, and the next day you might have might not have that great of a time. Uh, But the way our coaches tell us is that we're, it's like a slope. So, you know, of course we're going to start, we're going to ramp up. We're going to start getting faster. We'll hit a point where, you know, your body gets fatigued and then you might start getting a little slower, but then you want to start ramping back up as you go into the combine and you want to be peaking as you're at the combine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, I think it's just trusting the process trusting you know what the coaches are telling us and ab- absolutely a big part of it is muscle memory just getting the reps in that's really yeah. what most things are you know, just getting reps in
0: and like the last football question i'm gonna have for you here before we get into more of your personal side will you break the five flat 40 time
1: will i break the five flat 40 <laughs> <Yeah. time? laughs>
0: over under five i will say i hope so <laughs> okay i hope so that's, I feel like that's the magic number for the big guys. If you're under five, you're moving. But yeah. The, the closest I ever got was like a five one. And I was like devastated. i never broke it. So I, I'll be rooting for you that you break the five. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but usually for my, my interview guests, I can do like a deep dive on the internet and find a lot about you, whether it's Wikipedia or like your Boston college page, or like I'll go on Instagram and even like look through your likes, like try to find something that like you're interested in a lot of guys is like hunting or grilling or whatever with you. I couldn't find anything. Like you, you have Twitter and Instagram, but like very few posts, very few likes, like you're not, you're not liking stuff outside of like posts, like shouting out your teammates and whatnot. So I'm, I'm interested, like what does Zion Johnson do outside of football? Like what do you do? You said you don't golf a lot. So you can't use that as a cop out here. Like, well, like what do you like to do? Like, what are some of your hobbies? golf, music, cooking, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm interested to learn more about you so the fans can learn more about you too, man.
1: I'm a, I would say I'm a big tech guy. Okay. I did undergrad in computer science, you know, that ain't, that entails a lot of computer programming. Mm -hmm. So I do that from time to time, just, you know, freshen up on programming. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just very interested in technology, you know, uh, I used to build computers when I was in high school, so I still try to keep up to date on some of like the new parts that are coming out, like the new processors and graphics cards. Like, um, cause I've been thinking about trying to build one in the next few years, but really I'd say like, I'm really, I'm interested in technology. You know, I play some Xbox every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big into Skyrim. I love Skyrim. Skyrim. Okay, <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> uh i like outdoors as well like i like going on hikes or you know going out to the pool or just walking around uh yeah. big, big movie guy i'm not like a, a movie guy that's like big into like the you know if you ask me about like the you know the great movies like in your opinion i probably would have no idea what you're talking about i <laughs> okay. like very niche movies like okay. action movies you know like stuff like uh like the Marvel movies, the mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, like stuff like that, like things that are episodic or like, tri- like trilogies. I yeah love, yeah yeah. But above that, like I forgot to mention that above that, I love detective shows. Okay, I love like,
0: like like what kind of like Law and Order type or no, other like like, <laughs> like, what, like like like, Mon- like Monk. Uh- Uh, such an og show that's
1: amazing that's an amazing shout out yeah there's another one with this guy in it i can't i can't remember the name of it but it's on it's on a prime video and i watched that one a lot too like the uh the what's the sherlock holmes one on on netflix i've watched that probably like six times that's Uh, i
0: don't even have netflix i can't help you out there (laughs) i don't want to pay for it
1: yeah
0: (laughs) But that's uh, that's amazing that you shout out Monk. I literally have like the whole DVD set upstairs from when I was like a little kid. I love that show. I thought it was very well written, even like when I'm older now, looking back on it, like it's a good show for sure. Yeah. Um, the tech stuff, I knew you did the uh, computer science because I looked that up and found that out about you. I thought, I thought it was really interesting that you were able to manage that with playing football at the D1 level. I'm sure that was a lot of work. Um, so I got to ask, obviously, because it's like the hottest thing in the world right now. What are your thoughts on like the crypto space then? I don't really keep up with any of that stuff. Honestly. I feel like that's
1: right up your alley. Yeah, I mean, I get that a lot, but I really like don't keep up with that at all. Like, I, 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 did deal with like Dogecoin a little bit, like that was popping, but I feel like everyone was dealing with that. But like, when it comes to like NFTs or like the the like the new stuff that people are talking about, yeah, yeah, I really have no clue. The only thing about NFTs I know is that there were some. I just saw some uh video on I think it was the Jimmy Fallon show where some someone came on there and they were showing their ape or something like that. That's the yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's so you so you're not gonna get your contract in Bitcoin then. No, no, I might I might use that as my like headline to get to broadcast this this episode. I guarantee you, like PFF would run with that. Zion right. Johnson not taking his contract in Bitcoin. Like someone <laughs> would probably pick that up. I, I haven't done that kind of clickbait yet, but it's an interesting thought, but I, I did include the NFTs because I saw your computer science. I was like, maybe he's like, maybe he's big into this. Maybe we could collab, yeah. do NFT. Big guy NFT. Oh. <laughs>
1: Surprising,
0: surprisingly not. Surprisingly
1: not. But honestly, like outside of that, I don't really do much except for football. Like, mm-hmm. like most of my days, football, watching film, you know, working out. Because like even outside of football, I love working out. Like, I love lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, even, like, before I started playing football, I still, like, lifted quite a bit. Um, But, yeah, really, like, technology, you know, like I said, outdoors stuff, you know, hanging out with the family. Those are really, like, things that really encompass, encompass me outside of football.
0: Okay, Awesome. And last but not least, something I always have to ask, and you already kind of mentioned some foods in this whole entire podcast. Is like, what are your favorite foods? And if you have any favorite food spots, whether it's in Maryland, whether it's in Boston College, Hmm. must go go to restaurants because I've been compiling a list of all my guests. So whenever I travel, I'm just going to go to the big guy recommendations.
1: All right. All righty. (laughs) So in terms of favorite food, This is hard because, like, I'm thinking, like, there's a difference between what I eat the most, but I also like and what's exactly my favorite food. But that's fair. I eat, like, I eat salmon, like, the most. And I really like salmon, especially if it's, like, glazed with, like, some type of, like, sauce or something on top of it. So, it might be a cop out, but I'll say that's my favorite because I really have no idea what else is my favorite food. Okay. But in terms of places in Maryland, I could tell you. So there's a place in <laughs> like in the Bowie Town Center, and you know there's other ones all over Maryland called uh, Sardis. Okay. And it's, it's a it's a like a Peruvian chicken place, and man, it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. And there's another place near Bowie called Quickway. It's not like a fancy place. It's kind of like a hole in the wall type of that's
0: those are the best places. Little,
1: yeah. And they just have like to go hibachi, basically.
0: Oh, nice. So like
1: it, it's kind of like sarku, but better. Like it's have, better food.
0: They have like the pink sauce and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the I can drink that stuff. It's the best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> those those are my go-to's. And then Chipotle, of course. But like just like those yeah. those are my
0: go-tos. <laughs> well, you might be the first, like the, the salmon might be the healthiest I've ever got so far in terms of just like healthy favorite foods from the big guys. But I think mm-hmm. it's a very fair point to be like, I like salmon the most, but then there's also like your favorites that you may eat every now and then, but salmon, like you actually consistently eat. So I respect that decision.
1: I'm like a very, like, you can ask anyone, any of my teammates or people that know me, like I'm not someone that eats unhealthy food a lot Mm, okay so like ain't like when i do it's all good like i don't have like a favorite i don't have like a favorite like in the office like i'll eat a burger that'll feel like that's my favorite food at that point but (laughs) in what i eat on a normal basis like salmon like probably like glazed with uh uh like some type of sauce on top like maybe like a spicy mustard or something tastes really
0: mm, good. Okay, you ever you ever tried to glaze salmon with maple syrup before?
1: No. Well, I had have. it with teriyaki though. It's that's pretty good.
0: I'm gonna suggest a little maple syrup glaze one of these nights. I wouldn't steer you wrong. But I, the only time I ever done it was when I grilling the salmon. So I did a little maple syrup glaze, and you let it grill for a little bit, like a slow cooked grill, and it's really amazing. It's really good. Maple syrup. Wow. Yeah, basically, what it tastes like, it just adds like a sweetness almost. It, do, it doesn't even taste like maple syrup, like syrup you think of, but it adds like a sweet, sweetness element to it. Where, like, if first time I had it, like, I would never would have guessed it was maple syrup. And then they said what it was. And I was like, no way. Like, that's unbelievable. It was delicious. I'm sure you love it.
1: I'm, I'm curious where that that try came from. Did you like see it online somewhere? Or <laughs> it was just like you, the maple syrup bottle was just sitting right yeah. next
0: to it? no so i was at like a barbecue and it was a family friend they were they were grilling it and they, he said you gotta try this it's one of my favorite things and he didn't tell me like what it was other than just salmon and it's like he was like it's my specialty so i had it and i was like it's like that's there's something about it that's like the sweetness i was like i don't know what it is but it's pretty good and he eventually told me it was maple syrup i was like no way that's like an interesting idea to glaze it with that yeah uh but it was like a slow cook in a a grill. So I don't know if that has any effect on it either, but it was, it was very good. If you like, like a little sweet kick to it, it it is, it was very good.
1: I might try that. I might, if I do, I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) I was going to say you have to now. Now I have like a little pressure. I'm kind of nervous now. I'm like, shit. (laughs) I'm like, if he tries this and doesn't like it, I'm going to look like an ass.
1: Hey, I'm sure it's good. Like a little, just a hint of sweetness in it.
0: No, it is. It's surprising. It just can't.
1: It just can't overtake the salmon. If it overtakes the salmon, then,
0: yeah. Yeah, I will say I didn't prepare it, so I don't know how much was put on. But mm. I, I definitely agree with you. Anything that overtakes like the meat or fish, it's too much. I agree. You gotta let the the food speak for itself. You know. Yeah. We're on the same page with it. But that's all. I, that's all I have for you, Zion. So I'm gonna wrap things up here. Thank you again so much for for taking the time to come on. I had a great time talking. I hope everyone listening did as well and i wish you a lot of luck in senior bowl nfl draft and hopefully you landed a team that i like or my team that way i can <laughs> that way i can root for you but all jokes aside still
1: for, me. Still for me
0: yeah all jokes aside i'm really looking forward to watching you play next year
1: awesome thank you uh, it's been a pleasure to come on uh, great talking to you
0: So I'm not going to lie. I'm actually just finishing editing up this episode, and I realized I didn't never did an ending. And I did that because I was thinking, well, I'm just going to let the podcast, the interview, speak for itself. And then I used to just do like a gambling and whatnot, and there really wasn't much to talk about, so I figured I just end it right there. But then I thought to myself, it's freaking Super Bowl Sunday. Like, I got to at least give my picks for Super Bowl Sunday, talk about my Super Bowl Sunday spread. Or else I'd be crazy of me not to do it. So it's currently it's eleven something I think at night. Um, so if I sound tired, that's why I, I, I am tired. That's why I sound tired and am tired. But nonetheless, I feel like I have to talk about the Super Bowl at least a little bit. Food wise, I'm already I've, I've been I've been playing this for like at least seven to ten days in advance. Um, big party. I hope all you guys are having a big party with a big spread of food. It's the best. It's like literally a holiday. I don't know how. It's not deemed a holiday yet, like the following Monday. I feel like maybe that's a movement we can get behind. I can start that. Um, just, like, somehow get that. Imagine getting that all the way to, like, the Congress, Supreme Court, or however that would work. Just get a federal holiday for the Super Bowl. I'm rambling. You can tell I'm tired of rambling. But keep that in, keep that in your mind. I feel like that could be something. We could get some steam behind that someday. But nonetheless, food-wise, uni oven, we're making some pizzas. If you don't know what the uni oven is. It's like a portable like mini pizza oven. That's the best way I can explain it. You can pump out these pizzas, like these little personal pan pizzas in like minutes. It's awesome. Um, So pizzas, jalapeno popper dip, buffalo chicken tip, two dips. You got to have dips, no question. Little finger foods, obviously. While you're waiting for the pizzas to cook, you're eating the dips, you know. And then obviously you got some wings as well. You got to have wings for a football party. And that's just like what I have in, in store as of right now. Still working on additional items. Maybe we'll throw in a little Italian hoagie in there. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. We have some few days to prepare for this. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to the game itself because for the first time in, like, a long time, at least for me, I feel like I can just watch and relax. And I don't really care who's going to win the game. You know, like Tom Brady's not playing it, so that's that's awesome. There's some new blood from the AFC side, some young team. Joe Seiste and the Bengals, Jamar Chase – Fun, exciting team. I feel like even as a Steelers fan, I wouldn't mind seeing them win. I think it's awesome. Because they stand for like why the NFL is, in my opinion, the best league. Because they were literally 2-14 two, two years ago. And then I believe they were 4-12 the next last year. And now they're in the freaking Super Bowl. And that just goes to show you, one, no matter how bad you are, if you don't mess up your draft picks, you can turn around very quickly. In literally a matter of two years. They went from a two-win team to a Super Bowl team, which is awesome. So it proves that if you don't mess it up, you can be a legitimate contender within a few years. So that's awesome. And then the other side, you have Matt Stafford, who was seemingly in NFL jail in Detroit for his entire career. And everyone always knew he was a really good player, but he never obviously never was involved in the playoffs. And the few times he did, I don't know if he played too well, but he finally has a shot. He finally gets on a good team. And now he's in the Super Bowl, going for a Super Bowl, and I think that's pretty awesome. Not to mention up front in the trenches for them. You've Got Andrew Whitworth, possibly the oldest left tackle to ever play in the Super Bowl. I'd have to fact check on that, but I know he's up there and he's breaking a lot of old left, tackles, <laughs> left tackle uh, records these this postseason, these past two postseasons. Um, so it would be awesome to see him get a ring as well. Not to mention being a Pittsburgh guy, seeing Aaron Donald get a ring because – it kind of would be a nice little cherry on top for his career. And I know he's a lot of career left. But, you know, being able to get that checked off your list is a pretty big deal. And having seen him play in high school and then college and then the pros, it would be pretty cool to witness that journey of, man, like I really saw that kid play in high school and now he winning a Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty awesome stuff. So either team, I really don't care. I feel like it's one of those Super Bowls where – You literally can actually just sit back and enjoy and watch it, unless you're a fan of your team and you're going to be stressed out of your mind the whole game, or if you bet a ton of money. But nonetheless, for us casual fans, I feel like it's just going to be a fun Super Bowl, hopefully exciting. And uh, in terms of picks, I feel like I have to make a pick. If I'm picking spread, I like the Bengals. If I'm picking head-to-head, I think I'm going to take the Rams. And just in, in pure rooting fashion, I think I'm going to lead towards the Rams just for the older guys on the Rams. And I know right when I say that, I can already hear my dad in my head telling me just because Joe Burrow and their team is young doesn't mean they're ever going to get back. And he would reference like five different teams or guys that never got back who made it. And they always said when they lost, don't worry, you'll get back. And they never did. So I appreciate you can't, you can never take it for granted. That's for sure. You, you never take getting to the Super Bowl for granted. Cause it's so damn hard to do especially when you look at the AFC quarterbacks that he's going to be going against the next 10 years or so. Um, that's not even counting anybody that might be coming into the league. So I understand that. You can't take it for granted. Uh, but I think I'm going to lead towards the Rams for the older guys and the Aaron Donald purposes. But another pitch shout-out, Tyler Boyd. Again, watched him in high school, watched him in college. Seeing him do his thing on the Bengals is awesome as well. Reminds me a lot of a Heinz war kind of guy. Third down, Joe Burrow always goes on, Always goes to him. I promise you if you watch this game or have been watching him, when they need a freaking five-yard out route, they throw it to Tyler Boyd. If they need him, somebody to go across the middle and get a tough catch, Tyler Boyd is that dude. And I love receivers, possession receivers, who aren't afraid to get hit and make those plays for the team because those little plays, whether it's a tight end or a slot receiver like that, that really makes or breaks big-time playoff games. So – He's a, he's one of my favorite more favorite players, um, I would say out of the pit program. So shout out to him as well. I'm again like either team. I'm really excited to see it. Uh, but that's all I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up quickly because I want to go to bed and finish editing this. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I hope you two have an awesome Super Bowl Sunday with an awesome spread. And I hope whoever you bet on, whoever you're rooting for, ultimately wins the game. But um, that being said, as always. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at WeirdBigGuys. Give us a follow if you don't already. And make sure you follow the podcast as well or subscribe, whatever platform you use. And if you could please give us five stars, send a little review. That would be awesome, always helpful for the algorithm. And last but not least, shop Guys. I actually updated the storefront. I haven't tweeted about it or posted on Instagram yet. I'm kind of waiting to do that. I don't know why, but I am. But I uh, actually – I've officially updated the storefront. So it's all-new storefront, slowly been updating merch taking some old shirts off, putting some new designs up, making it simple, sleek. So check it out if you haven't yet. Sales, appreciate everyone who has bought merch over the past few weeks and months. Um, It really goes a long way. So thank you so much, and see you guys next week.